We become a race of peeping Toms. Something happened. Something was happening. I had no idea. Where is her treacherous husband now? But in a place where she can visit, if she wished, mine. It's with the ancestors. I'm yeah, I'm drinking, Luann. How can you hold cake and not eat it? Oh, shit, you guys got coke here. Oh, my God, of course. I mean, I know to you I'm just your old fat Aunt Maddie Faye. I'm more than that, sweetheart. These are godless times, Mrs. Snell. You're all fucking boring. With your piddling grievances over nothing, you're all fucking boring. Hello and welcome to another episode of the Best Supporting Podcast, a podcast dedicated to celebrating and dissecting the performances of our favorite Best Supporting Actresses. My name is Nick Kachanov, and pursuing one's passion? How American. And my name is Colin Trucker, and it's not your Zhang, it's my Zhang. Ooh, <laughs> some wordplay there. Uh, da, I da, thought da, about da, that. <laughs> yeah, play us off. <laughs> yeah. Ah, <laughs> oh, oh. here we are. Here we are. Here we are to talk about 2018's uh, ultimate airplane movie, Crazy Rich Asians. There it is. Yeah, there are a lot of planes in this movie. Some great oh. planes in this movie. Jesus, I can't wait to talk about the extravagance of this movie because I think that is like, I, I think it's such a big draw. It's like an added bonus of this movie of just seeing like, you know, for lack of a better word or term, crazy rich Asians and just like the lavish lifestyles that people can live and do live. It's, I mean, and I really feel like, you know, there's so many perfect examples of people living it like, you know, crazy, crazy rich lives. But to me, that level of first class flying where you have your own little room where there's multiple pieces of furniture and privacy doors. God only knows what the bathroom situation's like. It's probably amazing. I know. It's like, I want to just do it once, once in my life, even flying business class, like on an international flight. It doesn't have to be like crazy rich Asians level, but like to have that chair to lay down. Have you ever done it? No, it is. It is probably the top of my bucket list there yeah. there are places in the world that are probably worth seeing screw it i just want to lay down on an airplane <laughs> yeah i mean keon wants to go to japan at some point in our lives and i i i feel like that is that's a haul but also like i feel mm. like i looked up tickets like even business class is it's crazy it's like five thousand dollars or something and i was like yeah i guess that makes sense but I just wish that I could do it, like especially on a long flight like that. Uh, I, I feel like I'd also never be able to go back, and then I would just be filing for bankruptcy in ten years. <laughs> well, yeah, right. Yeah, there's no going back. And I mean, I and YouTube, I'm and I'm sure on TikTok as well. Uh, but I know YouTube has a lot of people who do like you know, yes, plane tours, yes. you know, on their first class trip, and and you know, of course, the the flight, you know, the the airline, you know, that was that was not featured in this movie, but should have been featured in this movie. Um, Singapore airlines does this like level of extravagance with their first class. But I think the top tier is Et Etihad airlines. Ooh. Okay. I was going to say Emirates, but I guess um... it could be Emirates, but I, I think it's Etihad. Um, <laughs> and we all know I'm pronouncing that incorrectly. So let's just accept that. Sure. Um, yeah. But that's uh, that's the one where you get like it's, they call it like the apartment, and <gasps> there is like 
you have three rooms. You have a lounge room. Whoa. You have a bed. You have a sleeping room. And you have your own goddamn bathroom with a shower. Uh, it's the dream. Yeah. And I think it's like $25,000 a ticket. <laughs> You know, and God, it's like they crazy. they pick you up in like a Bentley yeah. in house and take you right to, you know, the, you know, the private airport lounge. You don't go through any. I mean, this is what you pay for. You don't go through any of the airport nonsense. I think that would be probably like in my bucket list, like top three things. Like I would never want to go through TSA. I mean, I'll go through TSA, but like one on one, you know what I mean? Yes. It's a private entrance. And I don't have to wait in the terminal and I can just, I don't even have to board the plane first. I don't really care. We're all going to the same fucking place. Yeah. It drives me crazy. But, um, but yeah, I would just love to just walk onto the plane and have that. Yeah. Oh, and you know what I, you know, if, if we're really dreaming big here, I am fascinated by planes that are like double decker and there's like, <gasps> Like, I've never what? been on one. It scares me. I yeah, I've never. I don't think I've been on one either. And if I have, I've never gone upstairs. But like, what you know, like airplanes with those big lounge areas with circular bars and couches. Yes. Oh, I just I swoon. I just want to see yeah. everything. Yeah, it feels. I mean, uh, it just feels so rich. And I would love. That I wouldn't have to do. I would. That luggage would just be automatically in my hotel. You know what I mean? Mm. Or my, you know, I just take my overnight bag on the the plane, and everything's taken care of. That would be. Don't have to worry about parking. I would need to be picked up too. That's oh that's yeah, amazing. Yeah. Can you imagine all of this luxury, and you still have to like get an Uber? <laughs> <laughs> yes, but it's covered. But you have to get the Uber. But you have to get an Uber. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah. It's. I. I think that to me, I, there are so many other ways that you could spend ridiculous amounts of money and obviously there's people with private jets and all that bullshit but to me that's almost like a level that i don't even think about because it just doesn't it's almost too much it's just too much you know yeah to me i think it's the like it's just in the distance it's just a few like sections of the airplane away is this level of luxury it's slightly more attainable i might walk through it you know yeah I I don't think I would need it. Would I want it? Yes, of course. But like I if I, as long as I have my own little cozy spot and I could stretch my legs out and there's like some booze and some snacks yeah. and maybe more than one bathroom in first class or something. I I don't really care about bathrooms as much. But um I want a clean bathroom, don't get me wrong, but um yeah, uh that's all I kind of need. Yeah, I right. Yeah, it's like if I had to pare down, if I yeah. if I yeah. had to bare bones, <laughs> you had to give I just, up the bar. If I had to give up the bar and the shower and the bedroom, uh, I'll I'll take a lie down seat any day. At the end of the day, because that's all you're wanting is yes. just to lie down. And I think this is the perfect little backstory here. Is the first time that I watched Crazy 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 Rich Asians. Crazy Rich Asians was on the flight home from Hawaii, which is a long ass flight, probably the longest I've ever been on. And it was we did leave at like 5 p.m. So it was kind of like, you know, kind of just like going to sleep for the night. But it was one of the but all I want, you know, when it's like hour nine and there's just like two more hours left and you're just like, oh, my God, how am I ever going to make it? Uh-huh. It's just, and then you just think of the people lying down in first class. Yeah, that are <laughs> sleeping through this. I mean, oh, uh, it's I, I, 
I hate flying. I really do. And I really, I just, I hate airports. I, the whole airport experience, I am, I am my worst self at the airport. I am, the, <laughs> I am. I want to see it. Oh. You and me on the amazing race. Oh my God. Like the security line, don't even talk to me. <laughs> sure. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> don't even look at me. <laughs> I mean, I, I I don't know if you have the same reasons or maybe you're just like annoyed with the crowd, but I get very um, worked up because like I have to have my license ready. I have to have my phone mm-hmm. out and like, don't ask me to hold anything, you know, don't ask me to play because Gion notoriously has one of those backpacks with everything in it. Like not an inch can be spared. Mm-hmm. And I'm like, why do you do this to yourself? And I get very cranky because one time when we went to... I don't know, we were going somewhere and the bag was overweight or his book bag, something happened. So he had to put, oh, we had to put some of the stuff from the suitcase in my book bag. And it was like, just, it was just like carrying a rock, like a Mm -hmm. huge boulder. And I hate that. But yeah, I get stressed out very easily. Yeah, it's all, it's everything you're saying. It's all of it. It's the people. It's the fact that like, the and sense I have of the urgency. It's the yeah. sense, yes, it's that. And I have TSA pre-check, which more often not, than Same. not, yeah. yeah, that is worth the $80 for the four years it yes. covers you. It's so worth it. Um, but even then, if there's for some reason a line or, you know, it's holiday season or whatever, like it's a, I am one of those people that like I get big pre-travel anxiety. I got to get to the airport real early, you know? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Because, but then when you're in the security line, you're like, I can't control the slow pace of this with all these other ding-dongs. And like this, and that's what it comes down to is I can't control this, you know? Yeah, the last time I flew to um, New Hampshire, I, Keon left a week early and I was, and I could not get my fucking TSA pre-check to show up on my boarding pass. Oh. And there was like a way to do it, but I had to log in to like, um, delta.com and who knows your password for that. And I, and, and it was, it happened to just, I thought there was not going to be any line at the airport and I got in and it was like three miles long <gasps> for the regular pre-check. And I, but there is a secret pre-check like place in Pittsburgh that like they don't open too often but if you know you know and it was mm. open so I went over there and it was still kind of long <sighs> I hate that stuff yeah well and then you know then you get through and luckily with pre-check you don't have to like you know take your pants off like you do in the regular you know security <laughs> line but then it's like then you get through and then you know you hope your bag doesn't get pulled to get inspected just because I don't want to go through that then it's Keon's like w- always does because uh, he's Arabic and it's right. so annoying right and it's like you you know it's gonna happen it's just like yes. okay well it's bank for this and then you got to figure out where to put your fucking shoes on you know <laughs> after it is it's so true. I I I hate because I've seen these like parodies on TikTok too, where it's like you have to go through the TSA. Like once you're through security, you put your shoes on and you just have to go see the gate. You don't have to sit down uh-huh. at the gate, but you have to know it exists. And it's so true. It's like I just <sighs> have to look at it. I have to, and like there's some logical reasons just to make sure your flight, you know, like your gate wasn't changed and all that stuff. But like, what is that? Why do we have to go and look at it? I don't know. I'll walk past seven different restaurants <laughs> and Hudson yeah. Newses and yes. places I'm going to stop to get my I'm $8. Spotting bottle. the Starbucks. Yes. yes I'm, yeah. I'm going to get my breakfast sandwich from the bagel place. Uh huh. <laughs> but first, let me walk half a mile yes. down the terminal so I can see gate 27B. Even though yeah. you're, uh, you're an hour and a half early anyway, it doesn't even yeah. matter. Doesn't right. matter. The oh flight before you hasn't even started boarding. <laughs> <laughs> That's the best. I panic because I've seen like a full, like the flight hadn't left and it looked full and I thought I was late and I'm checking my right. boarding pass. 
Why oh, does it say Cleveland? God. Yeah, Keon, I knew we'd be late. I just knew it. One of these days. <laughs> and Keon is like chilling. He's right. used to it by now. He he knows. But yeah. um and which is good. And I think that that's the the in the in those situations you need I think it. that's, you that's need the it. best thing someone can do is just say, "Okay. I'm I'm just going to let you spin out and then inevitably you will go to some airport bar and you get a nice tall $27 glass of Pinot Grigio. Yes. And everything and then, will be then all is right with the world. Yeah. Yeah. And then it's like, what was I so stressed about? God. <laughs> Can you believe that? I mean, like we have plenty of time. What was I worried about? <laughs> it is a vicious cycle. I have got... A lot better over the years. I will say I'm very proud of myself, but I, it's still there. It's still there. Never yeah. quite goes away. And I think, you know, people talk about that with like, you know, with relationships. They say, oh, you know, go to Ikea together. And, and if you can survive yeah. that, then you'll survive. And I'm like, go to JFK together. You know? Yeah, travel. I think travel. that's probably. Because anyone, even some of my dearest friends, I would never travel with. And maybe they mm-hmm. wouldn't travel with me. I don't know. It's just like the fact of being stuck with someone or a group of people, you know, that might want to do different things or, you know, for whatever reason. It's just it's a gamble. Yeah. And this this is why I want to get picked up in a Bentley at my house and taken to a private lounge where I can gorge on airport food or fancy food. Not like, you know, those cold sandwiches that every airport has. And then be escorted, you know, uh, through a private entrance onto the plane to my little apartment on the airplane with the lie down seat. This is why everything we're talking about. Marco's waiting for you. Yes. And he's perfectly calm for some reason. For some reason. (laughs) They give him a light sedative just to like, you know. Just to chill out. That's the dream. That's what it really comes down to is, and I have my cat with me. Yeah. Yes. So, yeah. Well, you know, uh, something to aspire to. Yeah. Where are we again? <laughs> yeah, anyway. Yeah, so what are we supposed to be talking about today? Yeah. <laughs> um, we are. No, I think it's important. A lot of yeah. airplane action, like you said, in this movie. Yeah, and, and really, I mean, the, this is the lens that we're watching this, like, level of wealth. I mean, this this Hollywood level of wealth. Not that it doesn't exist, but this is, of course, they, they put all the, the glitz and glamour on it. I mean, this movie is... I think part of the reason it's such a great airplane movie is, I mean, other than the fact that like, you know where this movie's going the whole time. Uh, it's, it's yeah. even though you know where the movie's going the whole time, it is so, it is this weird mix of like relaxing and enthralling. Like it's so relaxing to see how beautiful these people's homes are. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. I, it, it makes even for an even better airplane movie like it is i recommend it to ever anyone if because it's usually always there but you're tr- you're right it's i think it's such a great rom-com and with that being said it has all the tropes and sort of characters and you know twists and turns and like you said you know what's gonna happen you don't know how you're gonna get there but you kind of have an idea mm-hmm. but um i loved it and i loved it even more the second time i thought it was so I don't know. It's it's a two hour movie, and like usually a rom com like doesn't need to be that long. But I think this is an exception because I don't know what I would cut. I think it's a well crafted movie. Yeah, and and it, it it's funny because it's like the the plot is there isn't like a ton of like narrative twists and plot 
things. It's like, and I didn't even really know going into this what it was going to be about. Uh, and, and you, I thought that it, this was Constance, Wu, Constance Wu's character getting married. I was like, oh, no, she's just a guest. Oh, it's, yeah. uh, you know, what's her name? It's Aramita getting married, you know, yes. instead of Rachel getting married. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> um, yes. and, and so it's like it is such a simple story of like, you know, Rachel going to Singapore with her apparently crazy rich boyfriend, Nick, played by Henry Golding. And then and thus discovering and this is an interesting uh, plot point discovering quite how rich he is. And there was a part of me that thought, like, is it weird that they've been together for a whole year and like she didn't know this level of detail about his family? Yep. I I have the same thing. And I think they they address it as as, as best as they can, too, because. You know, I but I would want to know everything. I'd want to know where they live. And, like, in stories that he would share about his childhood, I'm sure that would, like, present itself. You know, he's a, mm-hmm. he's a you know, working middle class family or he was, you know, a little bit poor when he was younger. But, um, yeah, you're right. You're exactly right. Yeah. It, there, there was a sense of, like, in a different kind of, like, thriller version of this movie, it's like... Your family's a huge crime family in Singapore, and all of a sudden she's like caught yes. up in with all these like you know mobsters yeah. and like mafiosa mama, whatever the the Chinese version would be, Eleanor. Yeah. You know, it's like there's a version of this that would be um, a lot darker. Of like, I had no idea you come from blood money. You know, yes, and they're already on the plane. Yeah, and like I, that beautiful airplane with that lounge and the lie down seats. I'm not getting off, you know. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, and and so much of the movie, I felt like we're just. It, it's so funny because it's sort of reminiscent of, and I can't remember if there's any other wedding centric movies we've covered other than Rachel Getting Married and Monsoon Wedding, but I feel like the three of these are kind of a lovely triptych of just. The experience of the wedding and the days leading up to it. Like much of the movie is just about being present for the days leading up to the wedding. Yeah. Uh, strangely, the only other movie I could think of is my best friend's wedding. That we did. <gasps> Oh, you're not TV. wrong. Oh, my yeah. God. I knew there was another one. That makes me feel good. Okay. Yes. Yeah. Um, and there's probably even more that we can't even think of. But yeah, um, I do love that. I love the idea of Rachel getting married, I think is probably my favorite version of it just because it's, it's more grounded and it's, there's more, there's just room for more story and more character there. Um, And especially because the stakes are, they, they feel higher because of the situation in that movie. But with this too, it's like, I, they packed in a lot, to be honest, like they did the bachelorette party slash bachelor party. And, you know, we got to know the bride and groom a little bit, too, which was cool. And I think that's important because Araminta, like, asks Rachel to not to be in her wedding, but like to go to the uh, the bachelorette party. Like, you know, what feels like hours after she met her, too. Mm-hmm. But you needed to see. But I like that they showed that, like, they connected and they had that great first night. Like, that is the dream to have someone take you around and show you all the best places to eat and especially you know with nick growing up there like he knows where all those places is oh, <laughs> he knows where those places those is. places is you know <laughs> we're really showing our our well our income <laughs> levels here i know right <laughs> oh god um, well and it's worth mentioning you know the characters of nick and colin in this movie oh my gosh i yeah i i thought that you thought you were like 
I, I thought that was on purpose because when I heard him say, oh, well, you know, I'm Colin's best man. I was like, Colin, Whoa. but your name's Nick. And we're doing this. And your name's, and my name's Colin. <laughs> and I'm a secret million, billionaire. Yeah. <laughs> I, wish. I wish. Right. I was like, wait. Is your mother Michelle Yeoh? <laughs> yeah, right. <laughs> Debbie um, Yeoh. Debbie Yeoh. <laughs> but it's Debbie uh, O. Just yes, let her there it yeah, is. Debbie yes, O. Yeah. O H like Sandra. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, but yeah, I I know. I really enjoyed how this movie is so much. Uh, it is so much an ensemble movie, and you meet like just short of too many people. But I kept I kept track of most of them. But I was like, wow. There's a lot of people. There's a lot of like, and then there's this couple, and then there's this cousin, and then there's my sister. And I was like, wow, there's a lot of people in this movie. Yeah, I I feel like maybe that extra screen time that we could cut is probably um, Astrid and her husband and the the affair and how that sort of unfolded. Like, but I can also picture that being in the book and being like something that I would be interested in to read as opposed yeah. to watch. If that makes sense. And an interesting, like, B-plot that I, I thought yeah. added some weight to the movie. I mean, it's very, like, it, it's not a, like, very complicated narrative. It's She she sees a text message on her very busy businessman husband's phone. Oh, yeah. he's having an affair. Like, <clears throat> as soon as she saw the text, I was like, okay, I, I know where this is going to go in about an hour and 20 minutes. But at the same time, Astrid, played by Gemma Chan, is just... As Rachel says, it's who I want to be when I grow up, you know? Yeah, she's pretty. I was going to say she's pretty, pretty. Uh, she's, but she, she's pretty. She's beautiful. She's she's put together. And you can tell that she has a good heart, all things considered. Because it's it would be so easy to write her as someone just the opposite of that, too. But there's a warmth to her. I really liked her in this movie. Yeah, I I was like oh, when we first met her, and I was like, oh, she's so posh and she's so cool. And they show her at this like bar, and she's you know walking into some private room, and there's some little kid there, and I'm like, she's gonna push that kid. She's gonna she's gonna do something. You're in my way. Yeah, exactly. Do you know who I am? And instead, yes. she's just like Princess Diana about it. Yes, and I love that. I because I felt like you know with Astrid and also Araminta, it was like I want these to be positive connections that Rachel makes, you know? Um, yes. Because it's like, you know, you know that she's going to have conflict with her, with the mother, played by Academy Award winner Michelle Yeoh. Yes. You know, you say Michelle, I say yo, to quote <laughs> Jamie Lee. Who Can said I that? This, uh, that was Jamie Lee Curtis, oh I think, God. at the... Oh, at the uh, one the of the SAG awards. awards, the SAGs. That was at the SAG oh Awards. Oh my God, I forgot about that. Jamie I, Lee, you are I, all of us. You, Jamie Lee, you are <laughs> you are all of us, yes. and you you are also on an entirely different planet than the rest yeah. of us. But it always stuck out to me, and I can't tell if this is like me being like an American who calls her Michelle, and it's supposed to be Michelle, or if mm. that's Jamie Lee Curtis being Jamie Lee Curtis and pronouncing it Michelle. But yes, I can see both of those being true were you the one who said i think it was on all right mary what you were talking about tar and i don't know if johnny said it or you said it um that after like post tar it's um you you called her kate um blanchett as opposed to kate blanchett was that you yeah that was in the the intro to the um notes on a scandal oh, that was episode. For, okay perfect that's it was right. on this yes, podcast I'm getting my yeah. wires it was on this one yeah, yeah. Um, yeah, That's I, true, I, I, I really feel like w once in a post-tar world, she's Kate Blanchett. She's not Kate Blanchett anymore. That was 
that was years ago. That was Kate Blanchett. Yeah, that yeah. was the golden age. Yeah, yeah. She, I too can command the wind, sir, as Kate Blanchett. <laughs> yeah. Ugh. But yeah. Uh, so yeah, I and you know because it's funny. Like later into the movie, she meets Amanda Ling, who is uh, Nick's ex girlfriend, and yes. they meet at the bachelorette party, and it's like a fast friendship. And I was like, "Ooh, I love this. Oh, she's so cool." And then I thought. No, they're not going to have this many supportive friends. Like, there's going to be conflict here, you know? Yeah. And I do like that she has that positive connection with Araminta and um, uh, Astrid, too, because they're also the two women who probably would be, like, uh, what's the word? Like, the most unattainable in the movie because they're all they're off doing different things. You know what I mean? Like, mm-hmm. the bride is the bride, and she's you know, Astrid's taking care of like everything else. So she doesn't really have anyone else to lean on, even though she had that connection. Yeah. Yeah. I, I thought it was, uh, I feel like in romantic comedies, I feel like there is, this is probably something that could be charted in so many movies, but like the different, the different roles that women get to play in these kinds of movies. And, and I feel like Judy Greer has played the, like, the surprise bitch in act three and like seven different romantic comedies, you know? Um, Yes. And I feel like the uh, Jing Lucy who plays Amanda Ling plays Amanda. I feel like that was a similar one. It was like, Oh, she was so cool when we met her and like, Oh no. Uh, It was she the one who killed a bird and left it in Rachel's bed and smeared like, yeah, like a fish or something, right? Or a fish or whatever. That's, I mean, mean, there's another hint to like the dark thriller version of of Crazy Rich Asians. Yes. Someone should edit the trailer like Mrs. Doubtfire style. Yes. Absolutely. You know what I'm talking about? Yeah. Where they just edit uh to make it look like a horror movie. Yeah. Yeah. That came out weird, but one of my favorite versions of that is Mrs. Doubtfire. My brain just like short circuited. (laughs) I knew exactly what you were talking about. I was picturing there's that shot of like her looking out the window yes of course yeah oh yeah i love that um but yeah you could totally uh you know and it's like emphasis on crazy you know yeah that's true (laughs) um and then i mean in terms of like romantic comedies you also i mean in roles that women often play you also get the plucky best friend and in this movie we get Aquafina doing a, a significant Miley Cyrus impression. I was going to say Natasha Leone, but I think we're both right. Yeah. Now here's the thing. When it when I first saw her, when it first, you know, when when you know, because she's like a, an old school friend of Rachel's who's moved back to Singapore, um, and you know, her father's played by Ken Jeong, and uh, and her mother, I don't know who her mother is played by, but you know, Auntie Nina. I was like, well, I, you know, it was they were just this, this like garish, gaudy, you know, new money yes. kind of kind of family trying to keep up with the Joneses or the or the Youngs. Um, when we first meet uh, uh, Peak Lin, I was like, oh, is this going to get old? And let me tell you something. It didn't. I really enjoyed Aquafina in this movie, and I did not expect that. Yeah, I I think I liked her a lot more the first time than I did this time. But I, I, I think the whole family, like the family as a whole, annoyed me more this time too. And, and they're kind of written to be that way, like you said. But I do think that like, she wins me back over when she drives Rachel to uh, the young dinner. And she's like, damn, Rachel, he's like the Asian bachelor like that. That's like, mm-hmm. l- that's it's funny. And like when she says, yeah, I'll fucking come to dinner. And she says it like super fast and gets like a dress out of her trunk. It's it. she's ready. And she yeah. is really good um, in this movie. I will say the character is a little crazy. But have you seen 
Have you seen, oh my gosh, The Farewell? Have you seen it with Aquafina? Yes. Yeah, yeah I love The Farewell. She's I thought great that was, in it. It was a great yeah. movie. And yeah, yeah, like it was great to see her in a role like that. Yeah, so I'll, I'll, I'll always like Aquafina. I know I'm I'm coming in hard, but I she just, the character annoyed me more in the, set, the second time I watched it, but I do think she is funny. And I think in some ways it's like, I also just, I, I think I enjoyed the presence of her character, like as things got a little more nebulous for Rachel and like, you know, the challenges with Eleanor and whatnot, I was like, well, I'm just glad she's got like a friend, you know, I'm just, I'm glad she's got somebody to like be nice to her, you know? Yeah. And I, I, I don't think we talked about this or maybe we t chatted about it off the mic, but was this your first time watching it? Second time? How many times had you seen it? This was the very first time, not on an oh, airplane. Wow. Okay. I had right. never even watched it on a plane. I was, I, I, and I don't even know if I laid down at all. I must have laid down on the couch at some point. <laughs> so, um, it was, it was the first, and, and it was one of those movies that like I had heard it was really good and people really liked it and it made just like a boatload of money. Yeah. And, but it was like, well, if I'm ever on a long flight, you know, it, it just never felt like something I was going to sit down and watch. But, you know, I have to say, I, on the note of it making a boatload of money, I felt like this movie, like the recipe, yeah, was familiar, but I kind of felt like, yeah, that's how you make $253 million is you tell a story that people are like, oh yeah, I love stories like this. I love watching rich people. And like, you know, yes. And it's also like, you know, they're all, you know, it, it's an Asian cast and like that's certainly new and it's not the typical, you know, bunch of rich white people, but like, other than that, it is a tried and true formula that like is perfect for date nights and perfect for, you know, I don't know, uh, a high school birthday party. I don't know. Like it was a I felt like this movie was it it never strayed too far into like isolating territory. It, it was in some ways it kept it kind of shallow, which sounds like a negative thing, but in a way that it didn't lose anybody. You know what I'm saying? Like no one could feel like put off by this movie yeah i do think there's something for everyone in this movie like i feel like my mom and my grandma would laugh at like ken jong and like aquafina's family you know what mm -hmm. i mean but and, and whereas i didn't laugh too much i was like all right these guys are annoying where like the bros would really like um i cut like uh the guy who plays bernard or bernard oh and, yeah um, and eddie and just those, those like, idiots that i that but like it, it's like uh I just feel like it's stepbrothers level of like craziness, but I do like stepbrothers. Little known fact. You know, I have never seen stepbrothers. <laughs> it's really good. I've, I have John resisted C. Riley it. is amazing. And I, so and I, Catherine Hahn. Yeah, go ahead. Oh, oh, well now we're talking. Cause I knew about, I know about Mary Steenburgen and that, and you know, I'm not a big, I'm, I'm, I think I've come around on Mary Steenburgen, but like I've often not been a big Mary Steenburgen fan. Yeah, I feel like she's such a sweetheart in real life, and but I I've never been you know Oscar winner Mary yeah, Steenburgen, best supporting is, actress Oscar winner. We will I feel like never we should like her more. Yeah, right. I know. What is it for? Like Marvin's Room or something? Did oh, it's um. Oh God, it's gonna drive me nuts because I do know what it is. It's some. It's like a. It's a two name thing. I'm gonna look it up. Um, but it, you're not wrong that it's like a Marvin related. <laughs> Marvin. Um, Wow, that was a good guess. Melvin and Howard. Oh, all right. And I could well, just I, see her going, oh, Melvin. 
<laughs> with that curly 80s Steenburgen hair. Yeah. Well, you know, and it's like, I, Mary Steenburgen, I think the problem is sometimes I've like squinted and I thought it was Andy McDowell and I, oh, Andy McDowell. We all know how you feel about Miss Andy. Just, I, you know, I, I champion her for her appearance at the Oscars with her gray hair and her glasses and God bless her. But like that woman can't act her way out of a shopping bag. Yeah, um, Jamie was trying to get me. She like kept like, I almost said nagging me about it. But um, <laughs> what was the movie that she or um, she was in a mini series recently about like uh, with her daughter? What's oh, the maid with Margaret Qualley. Yes, yes. And Jamie said it was incredible. And like I was like, really though, Annie McDowell. And I'm not a big fan of uh, what, what is her name, Audra. <laughs> Margaret Qualley. <laughs> Why was I there? I was like Audra Qualley. Audra Qualley. Like Keon. Um, I don't. I never really loved her. So I was like, but she says it's it's great. But it's also like, who's gonna watch the maid? The maid. I was. I, she made me. Yeah. yeah. I, well, so I guess, folks, if you've watched the maid, let us know. Let us. Yeah. Know. But go ahead. Sorry. Well, no. I was gonna say. I mean, here's the thing: is like Margaret Qualley was in Fosse Verdon and she played Oh um, that's right. That's right. Yeah, and she played what's her name in Fosse Verdon. <laughs> I can't remember. I don't know anybody's name anymore. And ranking. And ranking. I Thank don't know you. Why. Yeah, I did it. Thank okay. you. Oh, you got it. This episode. Yeah. <laughs> Thank God. It's I just needed yeah. that one. Um yeah. and I don't know, maybe I have to rewatch it, but I don't remember I remember thinking oh. You know, uh, Anne is low ranking in this. <laughs> yes, yeah. You know, she's... she's no Michelle Williams, you know. I carried you through charity. <laughs> yes. <laughs> <laughs> oh, that is something to rewatch. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. yeah. You know, yeah. I remember when that first came out and there was that feeling of like, is anybody going to notice? Is anyone yep. going to like give Michelle her flowers? And then she got like Buckets of roses, you know? Yes, yes. That uh, made me what feel a time. Good. Yeah, yeah. Um, but anyway, so, uh, you know, I, 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 you make a good point about, like, the different types of characters in this movie where it's, like, uh, Aquafine, like, uh, Peaklin's family, like, yeah, it's that certain brand of, like, it's that brand of comedy that I feel like Ken Jeong is in, like, you know, seven different sitcoms that are like this, where it's kind of, like, I don't know how to describe it. It's like there's an edge of mean to it. Like there's an edge of like, oh, look how look at this awful thing I'm saying about you right now mm-hmm. to your face, yeah, yeah. you know, like that whole thing of like, well, no, you're obviously not a model. No, like you're not a model at all. It's that like, I don't know. It's a certain brand of humor that I can't put my finger on, but it's kind of like, it's just like, look how bad I'm being, you know? Yeah, I know exactly what you mean, but yeah, it's hard to define and really kind of, Unlike anything I've seen elsewhere, like I can't think of another example of it. But you're right. Yeah, it's it's just a like it it's a there's just an edge to it that just doesn't doesn't work for me. And then yeah, then there's like the the bro factor. There's this cousin Bernard, you know, who, who I found insufferable. Not my BSA, you know. Uh, uh, he ball tapped. What's his face right before he walked down the Colin. Aisle. Colin. Yeah, and I was just like, I hate you so much. Yeah, I I don't like that. I feel like that energy, like what he was playing of the kind of like, look at this awesome bachelor party I threw you and you better get a massage or I'm going to rip your dick off or whatever. It's like (laughs) that kind of like aggressive dude behavior. I just, you know, I, I... 
we may have talked about this. At some point we talked about this, I'm sure. But I just, there are some straight men, you know, just <laughs> pathetic. I just, I pathetic. don't. Pathetic. I just can't stand a lot of things that straight men do. Some it's straight like, men do. Um... Mr. Sandoval for Peter's birthday when they went into the Las Vegas folks uh-huh. mm-hmm. to for this some I guess you pay a certain amount of money and everyone gets to sit in like one of those big fucking construction machines and toss dirt around for like who knows how long but they loved it. Yeah, and it's just it it's this like it's this um it's this king of the world energy. It's this cock of you know, you know, the cock of the walk kind of energy. Yeah. It's that certain like it's that way that like straight men are the most awkward walkers. They are so afraid. When they of sh- all walk together too. Yes, it's even better. Yes. There's a lot of like tense shoulders and ten and and whoa, whoa, straight whoa. spines and and kind of like you know walking like your arms are too big to be close to your body. Oh. <laughs> I just seen that come down the Las Vegas Strip. It's I can just yeah. picture Peter. Oh God! And and it's just like Tom Sandoval is like the perfect example of it, where he's just it's a lot of that um doing that kind of like putting your arms out like a cross kind of power pose, like here I am, guys. You know, like it's <laughs> yeah. that thing. Oh, I just I don't men men are just impossible. Gay yeah. men are too. They're all terrible. Just the worst. They're all. Garbage. You're fine. I just the rest of them are just <laughs> garbage. Uh, Marco's fine, but he's a cat. Uh, That's right. But another example is, as you mentioned, uh, his cousin Eddie, played by Ronnie Chang, who I recognized from the movie Megan. Um, oh yes, Megan. Yeah, and he plays an asshole in that movie too. And so, like, as soon as I saw him, I was like, "Oh, not this guy." Yep, I guess that's what he's typecast as, which is, that's hard to be, like, cast as the asshole. Yeah, uh, yeah, and who knows? I'm sure he's a lovely guy, or who knows what he is. He's an actor, so, you know, yeah. who knows what he is. But yes. I will say, and maybe I'm subject- subjective, but Chris Pang, who played Colin, I thought was a sweetie dotty. He was. I, I just... I loved their relationship, and we'll get to that private doc after they flew yeah. out of that bachelor party because yeah. there's some feelings there. Um, sitting without their shirts on, I was like, yes. Oh. <laughs> I was like, this is exactly what I needed. Yeah, like, you know, now come on. <laughs> oh, come on now. <laughs> now come on now. <laughs> uh, but I, he is. You're right, you're right. Yeah, I thought he just seemed like a lovely guy. I liked that there was no... There was no like dark twist with him or with Arminta. Like there was no like they were kind of pure throughout. You know what I mean? Like they never ended up having like an ulterior motive or um, yeah, not being supportive. Like they were very reasonable kind of C characters. Yes, I I think I think the biggest I sometimes forgot that uh, Araminta is this is the bride because when they went to the bachelorette party she like lost her mind and turned mm. into like I guess just like a really excited bride I'll say but like you know when she's like now it's time for an all paid shopping spree at the fashion boutique mm-hmm. and it is funny like I laughed um, because she's she's just so excited but she seems so cool on that like walking food tour of like downtown Singapore and now she's like one of them do you know what I mean right right I know and at, at that point I was like oh I think I've lost track of this character I don't know who I'm I, I don't know where, where did my where did my little friend from last night go 
but yes. uh yeah uh, but otherwise like i'm i'm glad it wasn't like an amanda ling thing where it's like oh she met a cool friend oh yes. no now the massage scene now she's planting terrible seeds. she's terrible yeah um when then we get uh there's also, you know, and, and this also feels requisite for so many romantic comedies. I mean, like, you know, Martin Short walked in Father of the Bride so that Nico Santos could run in Crazy yes, Rich Asians. Exactly. Know? And George from My Best Friend's Wedding. Absolutely. Ugh. Absolutely. Yes. I I will admit, I think I wanted I wanted to hear more of a whistle tone with the character of Oliver. It never okay. like took off for me to like that like that thing where like it stood out you know it just did i don't know he was he was fine oh no well that's okay that's okay it's um i i think i like how he even though he was like obviously obviously a queer person and like that he can't really express that outright that he found power in other ways even though he's kind of like the family bitch in a way so it's Mm -hmm. like he's he thinks he found his power, but like the other people still don't like, will never give him that respect in a way, but he still has their respect in some strange way. Does that make sense? Yeah. Well, I think that's, I think it's, it's an interesting kind of role in these movies of a character who's kind of the, the compartmentalized dandy, you know, like he's never going to have a love interest. There's no real explicit talk about his sexuality or anything like that. It's, but he has a role in all of this and, and it's people enjoy his presence in the context in which they keep him, you know? Um, but he, yeah, he's not, a, he's, he has power certainly like he has a, you know, um, he's not he's like a problem a, solver. Yeah. He's a problem solver. He's not just like a, you know, sniveling queen, but I, I guess I wanted it. Maybe I wanted either him to be, I don't want to say more over the top, but like just more of like a moment or I then wanted like a real moment. I think that's what I really wanted was like Oliver and Rachel to get like real, real at a bar, you know? Yeah. I do love like one of the lines that I love is when they're, it's like the makeover scene with Rachel who's like gorgeous already. I don't know why. Mm. I do love that they they didn't go too over the top. Like, you know, Oliver's just like, I just don't know how we're going to make this work. It's Mm. just kind of like, we already have good material here, but we need to make you rich looking. Right, right. Because there was that sense of like, it's the she's all that of like, she didn't even have any glasses on to take off and like reveal. It's like, she's Constance fucking woo. She's beautiful. Like, there's, sure, she's got like a, you know, a dress from, I don't know some boring place you know she's got some zara zara she's got her coles dress on and no shame about coles um but yeah there's exactly i you know i have stock in coles cash i have no shame (laughs) but every mom uh, in the tri-state area does yeah yeah coles you know uh it it decorated my life through much of my you know high school years yeah yes um but she's yeah she's stunning there's really you know all they really gotta do is just glamour up but uh, but that's the other thing is this movie also has things like makeover scenes, like a montage of looks. I could watch that go on for 20 minutes, you know? Oh, yeah. Give me yeah. more. And this is what I was starting to say that I couldn't remember what the quote was, but I found it in my notes. Like, uh, 
when he's like, it's about time someone stood up to Auntie Eleanor. You, not me. She can't even know I was here. It just was funny oh, where right. maybe that could have been the moment. You know what I mean? Of him pinning something on her and being like, opening up about the family and like, I'm rooting for you. Yeah, that is the moment. Now, come on yeah. now. <laughs> now, come on. <laughs> um, yes. Yeah, exactly. That's what I wanted. I just wanted that kind of like, you know, getting real kind of moment. Um, yep. But, uh, you know, we, and I, again, just another kind of like welcome trope. I think when they are at um, Ama's house, at, at uh, Nick's grandmother's house, and there's like a montage of her meeting people. And it's, it's sort of reminiscent. I don't know if you remember from Kissing Jessica Stein, the like montage of bad dates she goes on. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Montage, but yes, I, I do remember yeah. that. It was like, it, there were just these things where I was like, yeah, I've seen this before, but like, I love when this happens, you know? So, like, bring it on, Crazy Rich Asians. Bring on these yep. familiar beats, you know? Yes, the making of the dumplings. I do love... Mm -hmm. I don't know who throws the dumpling across the room at Oliver, but it seemed like a very impromptu moment. Mm, he, like, yeah, laughed. Yeah. Like, it yeah. was almost like Nico laughing over Oliver, too. It was cute. Right. Uh, and, you know, it, it, I guess it's, we've, we've mentioned the name uh, Ama, his, his grandmother, but uh, Lisa Liu, who I thought she was, I, you know, I, when this kind of character gets introduced, it's like she's either going to be like a stone cold bitch or she's going to be like the sweet old lady who sees the truth. You know what I mean? Yes. And, yes. And she ended up kind of being both, which I thought was interesting that like, she took to Rachel right away and really liked her and was like just the sweetest old lady in the world. But then we like come to see that like, Oh, but she's also been like a total bitch to Eleanor for like their entire lives together. Yes. Oh my God. Yes. The guilt, a mother, well, a mother-in-law's guilt really. Mm hmm. Yeah. And I, and I thought that was really smart to kind of give, like we see that this is, you know, there's so much about tradition and, and, things being passed down through generations and kind of continuing with like what happens within this family and, and including shit like this, where it was like, you know, the way Amma was treating Eleanor was the exact same way that Eleanor was. It's like, she was just passing the hot potato on to Rachel. Yeah. And they've like, Eleanor has been in that position too. So you think there would be some empathy there. And I think she acknowledges it on that stair scene, which is so good. It's after yep. the dumplings, right? Yes, yes, it's after the dumplings. And I, I that stair scene, I was like, oh, they're gonna resolve things so quickly. And and yes. when she was saying like, you know, I, I, I have to explain, you know, like I've, I, you know, I've been in this position, and, and I thought, oh wow, oh, well, where's the movie gonna go from here if she and Eleanor are gonna be friends? And then she's like, and that's why I know you'll never be enough. And I was like. Oh, Michelle, you say Michelle, I say yo. <laughs> <laughs> yes. And uh, she like, Constance like takes a step down or mm -hmm. Rachel rather on the stairs. It's just, it's perfect. It's a great moment. And, uh, and, and it's worth mentioning here, Michelle, yo, I mean, she's great in this. Like, it, it, I think after having seen everything everywhere all at once, so it was like, she could have done this role in her sleep because of like, Yes. What we've seen her do. But I also, and she's great. Like the, there's uh, nothing, you know, no notes. I thought she was great in this. Um, I felt like she was giving me Lisa Vanderpump the entire time. Yeah. I could say, oh yes. Especially going back in like the kitchen and being like, why is this not, why is this isn't ready? You know, mm -hmm. she's just like constantly yelling and figuring out things and solving problems. To yeah. Make everything look perfect. Yeah. Oh, Michelle totally Yo rules. Yeah. Yes. <laughs> 
But I also really felt like then having seen this, it was like with everything ever all at once being so fresh in my mind, it was really the reinforcement of like how great that role was uh, as Evelyn, you know, like what she was given to do in that movie. It's like, oh, I'm so glad we got to see Michelle Yeoh, like just get to do everything that she did in that movie. And I it it frames anything else I'm going to see her in from here on, you know? Yep. Absolutely. Yeah. Um, you know, I, I, I want meant to mention this earlier, but I, I, I want to just, you know, not to take, take away from me shell, but while we're talking about alums of the podcast, uh, it's worth mentioning that we do have at least one alum of the podcast and one uh. potential future alum of the podcast. Uh, who is it? So the potential future one, I feel like so Constance Wu was in the movie Hustlers with <gasps> J-Lo. Yes. J-Lo's great in that movie. Like So is Constance. And yes. so is Constance Wu. I really yes. liked Hustlers. And yeah. I feel like J-Lo is great in it, but like J-Lo in the last like two minutes of that movie is where she sh- could have been nominated for an Oscar. Yeah, I just remember. On the sidewalk. Yeah. Yep. She just, it was like, Oh wow! You just you just did something there. I got a whistle toe. Yeah. Um. So and obviously she. I feel like that year she was a a you know on the kind of the long list for best supporting actress. So maybe one day we'll do Hustlers and we'll talk about yeah. Constance Wu again. Ooh, that would be fun. Yeah. Um. But Gemma Chan is an alum of the podcast. Oh. Where did we see her? Tell me. Well, I'm gonna give you. I'm gonna give you some clues. It's Ooh, twenty-five thousand okay. dollar pyramid. Make it a game. Um, the ship. Um, is it Triangle of Sadness? No, no. Uh, the ship. Uh, they call it a ship. Um, <laughs> uh, let's see. There is. Uh, oh, that sounded familiar, actually. Yeah. Is it all I? Wait. No. Um, I feel I like I care a lot. No, no, but that's in the same era when we did this movie. I feel like I care a lot was oh, in the same okay, era. Okay, go on. Uh, it was. Uh, it was all set on the Queen Mary two. What? And this is the clue that this is the clue that's going to get it for you okay. because I, like I, there's another one I could give you that's like it's so funny you say I care a lot because actually let's go with that. Someone in I care a lot was also in this movie. Wait, it's that movie with Diane Weist uh-huh. and Gone Girl Who Smokes a Vape. <laughs> that was I Care and, A Lot, yep. And, oh, that was I Care A Lot? So I oh, Care wait, A Lot. I Care A Lot is that, oh, that's right. I Care A Lot is the movie. I Care but, A Lot is the movie that Diane Weist is in. Diane Weist is also in another movie. Oh, another, okay, so I'm still not there. Okay, never mind. Oh, here's the clue that you might get. Candace okay, Bergen. Go. Oh, so, okay. Well, because, you know, uh, My brain three people are listening and screaming at yeah, their right. phones <laughs> and everyone else is like, I don't know either, girl. <laughs> I don't know what he's talking about. Yeah. Um, Gemma Chan was in Let Them All Talk. Let Them All Talk. Yeah. And she has that incredible monologue that she like, that she improvised. I can't okay, remember so, what it was about, but she had a great monologue. So the, Got it. Just for my own, because this is like, one of those connections now that I can't seem to separate. So all I, 
I'm thinking also I'm thinking of the song All I Care About from Chicago. <laughs> yeah, unrelated. <laughs> yeah, I know, right? So it's like I don't know wh- where we'll end up here. Okay, so I Care A Lot is the ship movie with Candace Bergen. Nope. No. That's the <laughs> Gone Girl. Okay. Hello. So I I Care A Lot was Rosamund Pike playing the woman who is scamming old people yep. and put Diane Weist in the home and then yep. and Got it. yeah, and then it went nuts and that movie made me so angry. But yeah. Diane Weist and Candace Bergen and Meryl Streep were in Let Them All Talk, Let where they are, they're all, you know, taking the, the Queen Mary to, you know, England got or wherever. It, got it. With Evan Peters, I think. And um, Gemma Chan plays like her, I don't know, uh, someone who is interviewing her or her publicist yes, or something like yes, that. Yes, 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 yeah. yes. But okay. she and Evan Peters have this great scene on the ship. Uh, and the reason I keep bringing up the ship is because Meryl has this little monologue that I'm obsessed with where she's talking about like, you know, well, you know, they call it a ship. And this is when they're like, I think once they've docked in England and they're having breakfast and she's going on this whole thing about like, and it is, it's a crossing. It really is. And Candace Bergen is just staring <laughs> daggers at her. It's it's an incredible moment. I'll send it to you. It's um, this only reason that sticks with me is because I like filmed it on my phone and I watch it when I can't sleep, you know. I love that. I will say it's Lucas Hedges, not oh, um, but similar types. I see. Yeah, where was they there. are yeah. the Andy McDowell and Mary Steenburgen. There of, we go. Of, yes, you know, flaxen-haired white boys for me. Yeah, Lucas Ugh. Hedges. You're totally right. Yeah. What a what a twisted world that was, but that was fun. <laughs> yeah, yeah, we got there in the end. More sort of. I yeah. Neither of us really were where we were supposed to be, but that's okay. We now yes. know that the more important thing is Gem. We talked about Gemma Chan once before. <laughs> yes, we got there. We got there. Yeah. Um, so, yeah. Uh, and, you know, if we ever did the farewell, because I feel like that had some BSA buzz for the grandma. Um, sure. We'll talk about Aquafina again. Uh, love that. Yeah. Um, and, and while we're talking about people that we might talk about again and who we've talked about before, you know, we've been kind of flirting with, doing like an action movie month in the summer and someone had recommended on Instagram had recommended we do Crouching Tiger Hidden Dragon. Yes. I think that's a great idea. Yeah. I've never seen it. Have you seen it? I remember seeing it in theaters and I was like blown away and I was like in high school and I never watched it again, but I Mm. remember I loved it. It was so cool. Yeah. And so that'll be like really fun to see to see Michelle Yeoh again. And, you know, in the 90s or year 2000, I think. Oh, my God. Yeah. She yeah. Probably looks the same. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Um, so, yeah. So it's it's all fully connected. You know, we uh, and, and who knows? So we'll, Constance Wu, we'll see you again. Gemma Chan, we saw you once before. We can't remember what movie you were in, but we saw you in it. Um, yes. But yeah, this is one of those like. We're creating the web, as you said last week. We're creating the web of people we've talked about before. Yeah. I also want to add, too, I don't know if you... I have I now stick around for the credits or at least do a quick swipe mm-hmm. on my phone if I'm, you know, casting it. But we saw... Oh, what's his name? He was in Everything Everywhere All at Once. I think it's Harry Shum. I want to say Shum. Yeah, Shum Harry Shum Jr. Yeah. Yeah, who kind of has a little bit like of a, a moment with Astrid, right? Astrid at the very end of the movie? Yes. Yeah. Yes. And and that's his only scene in the movie. Yeah. Uh, so it's crazy that he's so like, you know, cast so high on the list. And I don't know if you remember this, but that moment, it is practically an homage to the ending of Monsoon Wedding. 
at the oh very end God. of Monsoon Wedding, Shafali Shah's character, like that that cousin who's late, shows up, and then they have this kind of like moment of seeing each other. Oh. <sighs> The parallels with Crazy Rich Asians and Monsoon Wedding, and I don't just mean because they're both Eastern cultures, just there's something, that ending, I'm telling you, you put those two side by side, and it is, they're sisters. It's just a lovely little moment. Ugh, or cool cousins, just like Shafali Shah, yeah. Yeah, oh God. Cool cousin energy. Cool cousin energy. Ugh, I love Monsoon Wedding. I, I, when I saw some of the similarities, it did bring me back to like, God. I just love Monsoon Wedding. I just yeah. love that movie. You know, even I feel like Aquafina's brother is kind of this like gross straight version of the little gay brother in Monsoon Wedding. Yes. You know. Oh my god, yes. Yeah. So I forgot about him. Wait, I speaking of weddings too, like I just want to talk about the extravagance of the the <laughs> this the, uh Araminta and uh Colin's wedding and just how beautiful it was and water coming down the aisle it still like takes my breath away even though it would be a mess in my mind oh yeah I kept thinking about the logistics of it of like where what's the drainage situ- situation here but that yeah. wedding singer oh my god oh, beautiful yes. mm-hmm. oh I just like goosebumps all over me uh and it's such a great scene for Rachel getting back at like Eleanor and the aunties, you know, like her mm-hmm. sitting with, I guess, is, is it the mother of the bride who someone? So she's someone, sitting, it, yeah. it's like a, she's cast at, or she's listed as like princess. Uh, oh, so we have some royalty. In the we have some, yeah, princess Eton, in, Inton. Um, and I, I don't okay. know the whole narrative, but she's played by this Filipino woman, uh, Chris Aquino, who I, I don't. I don't actually know the whole story about her, but I I know that reference from doing Drag Race Philippines that she was someone they referred to. Oh, so like that was kind of a like, oh, I know who that is. I remember them talking about that on Drag Race Philippines. Yes. Yeah, but oh, that's um, so fun. Yeah, so it was like I know her. Oh, so she is. Um, she was the daughter of the former Philippine president and the late former philippine senator she's the and uh, i feel like she has she's done some things she's an actress she's been in a ton of sure. shit yeah she's she's you know she's not nobody um has she been in a ton of shit yeah she's got 49 credits um it's more than us yeah so yeah there was like i feel like she was for those who know she was like a meaningful cameo yeah and the wedding was just so fun to watch too. And I will say it's like, as far as like the end of this movie too, it's like, we're back at the airport and uh-huh. Rachel and her, we didn't talk about Rachel's mom. Oh yeah. Rachel's mom. Oh, yes. well, you know, here's the thing, right? I thought Rachel's mom was, uh, Carrie, uh, Rachel's mom, Carrie played by, and I'm doing a little bit of a scroll cause you know, give her a name. Carrie was played by, come on, Carrie, come on, Carrie played by, well, Carrie, I'm going to mispronounce your name. You knew that was coming. I mispronounce everybody's name. Kang Hua Tan. Uh, here's the thing. I thought she was a, a, a lovely character in this. And I really, I was so happy that uh, Nick flew her out to Singapore. This is not anything against Miss Carrie, but the first scene we see her in is buying, like looking for a dress with Rachel and she's given just like really expository dialogue. She's like, well, you asked me to help you find a dress to pick out to meet Nick's family. And it's like, oh, there's other ways to do this. You guys. That's interesting. It is underdeveloped in a way too, because it's like, you can tell they're close but I would want something 
better than what we're given because it's almost like she's just like the stressful mother just like or stressing mother and just yeah we don't really see her again but like act three carrie is great oh yeah it was like olympia dukakis in a way from her where it was like at first i didn't really love her but then i <laughs> loved her yeah yes well yes. You know, and we'll talk about the Mahjong scene, of course, but like she and Eleanor don't have any dialogue, but they exchange looks across the room. I know. That was my probably my favorite part of the movie. And I thought, oh, is there going to be a twist where they like know each other, you know, or like there's some weird connection that maybe would have been too much. I actually liked that it was just like, "Mm, no, it's my daughter. You know what I mean? Like I, I liked that that was all it was, was just like, you know. Get away from her, you bitch, you know? Oh, yeah, especially after that amazing monologue. The Mahjong monologue is so good. I think that's the first clip that I ever saw from this movie um, on like, TikTok or something. Yeah. I, I, do you know anything about Mahjong? No, and I just want to play with those pieces. They look like so much fun. <laughs> like, yeah. Click and clack. It's like very, uh, it's like ASMR. Right, right. The, 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 the sounds and the sort of tactile yeah. elements of it are very, like, calming um yeah i don't know anything about mahjong but i was so i loved the idea of like incorporating that into this moment and and i feel like if you really know how mahjong works mahjong mahjong works like there's probably a lot that's like baked into this like i think for example that one piece that she had that looked like an m and a w that would be like rachel's winning mahjong yeah yeah yeah, yeah. like block and so the fact that she i guess put it into the into the pot or whatever was like symbolic of like i'm not trying to win and you 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 win you win eleanor he's all yours and i thought that was that was really cool and then you know eleanor like shows her like you know i I guess probably some version of winning and then rachel's like well top that you know and and even without understanding how mahjong works i just got such a thrill of like take that you bitch (laughs) yes it's so and it's like you don't the only other clue that you get that she's like good at mahjong is like at the very you know her first i don't know what she teaches she teaches like economics or something right yeah like the first game or first game the first scene is her playing like poker too so it's like you you feel like she you almost forget that she's like really good at that kind of stuff because i feel like a lot of that would maybe translate Mm-hmm. Right, and I think that yeah, like I I remembered that it was like oh right, we we kind of got the act one gun in the beginning that like this is something she's good at, and and I like that because I think it would have been and I, there's a little bit of it in the movie, but it would have been very easy to make Rachel kind of like bumbling throughout this and like you know knocking things over or like saying like really inappropriate things in Chinese or, or you know whatever dialect she was speaking in like. I feel like she, you know, made a few fumbles, like almost almost drinking the water out of the finger bowl and things like yep. that. But like, I I also liked that she was able to, you know, communicate with the grandma and she was able to play Mahjong. And like, she she wasn't just kind of like, you know, flying back to America kind of, you know, uh, heartbroken, but kind of it was almost her own decision of like, no, I'm, you know, I'm out. I tap out. Like, I I thought that was actually, to be fair to this movie, a bit of a fresh twist that yep. Nick didn't, like, save the day so much as he kind of, like, you know, uh, I mean, twist my arm. You know what I mean? Like, yeah, yeah. I know what you mean, though. Yeah. Convinced I, I think the first time I watched this, the Mahjong scene, for some reason, I took it as 
Michelle Yeoh, like it was almost like showing your hand at like the end of a poker round or something. Mm-hmm. Like here's my hand, and then she flipped hers over, and it, hers was like maybe more points or like a higher version of something. But I I did not I I, th- I think that was on IMDb a piece of trivia that that what we what you just said is like she could have let her win um but she decided it's you know it's it and there's it's much more symbolic for sure yeah and i thought that was uh you know i, I and also like a, a, a felt like a very genuine way to kind of tie this back to like cultural things and not have it yep. just be like coincidentally asian you know what i mean it was like oh yeah like really tying in something traditional and like giving it a deeper meaning i thought that was really smart yeah, because I think it was Oliver's character that said this, like, you, she doesn't have to like you, but she has to respect you. And mm-hmm. I think that was really, like, the the grandest form of that, like, that sort of gesture of her, like, because there's, I mean, every culture sort of has a respect your elders policy, I feel, but, like, yep. I, uh, with her, I, and, you know, throughout the movie, too, um, Eleanor is like, you know, Americans only think about themselves. They never, they don't think about what they're building, you know, or their family or whatever. So for her to lose that game and let her win was just like a small symbol of it. It's so good. It does make you want to stand up and cheer. Yeah. Yeah. And I thought that the movie was smart to not ever kind of like betray the character of Eleanor and that we never see like a big turnaround with her like it's it's gestures it's like giving nick that ring to give to her like we knew that that Ugh. meant something you i'll know? always cry i'll always cry even though you can see it coming like a mm-hmm. mile away like it's just i you forget about it and then it happens and you're just i'm just a puddle every time and it's that like i love that it was like on the airplane and it was like carrie and that like random woman were like high-fiving and cheering when, oh when he such proposed. a 90s trope you know <laughs> totally, what i mean totally totally and again i've seen it before and i never get tired of it i never yep. get tired of that thing happening um and then i love at the end when they're at that i mean that engagement party i don't know how they you know, the, he oh must have just gosh. assumed she was going to say yes because had yeah, he the pulled that together, swimmers, they already oh. paid them. Oh my god, I was like, so I was stressed out in a way. I was like, it's just too much. <laughs> um, but I like that there was not, there wasn't a final scene with Eleanor. There was like an exchanged glance across the the room, and then she just like walked away. And I thought, yeah, that was enough. It wouldn't be in Eleanor's character to be like, Rachel, I'm sorry, you know. Yeah, she gives like the tiniest smirk it's not even a smile mm-hmm. it's just sort of like her her left side of her mouth just goes up a bit and then she walks away yeah i thought that was like that was plenty um and I, obviously the there's like three books in the series and it seems like especially with the introduction of uh harry shum's character that like he's he's that character of charlie is a bigger character in the second book so it seems like all of this was also like a setup for a continuation yeah, and I think I read on IMDb that the, the sequel is confirmed. I so mean, let's get to it. Given how successful this was, it's like, of course. And now with Michelle Yeoh winning the Oscar, like, come on, you know? Yes, um, and he was also in Everything Everywhere, so you know he's got some clout. Yeah, right. So wait, did he, did he play the sh- the other the chef, the Rakakuni chef? Yeah, the Rakakuni chef. Oh. I think his name was Chad. I think I wrote it down. Yeah. Oh, I love that. Oh, that. Yeah. Anything related to that movie just makes me warm i just yes. i'll always cheer for that movie mm-hmm. well you know i thank you for suggesting this i i really like this was a fun this is a fun, especially after away from her this was a fun little rom oh yeah we needed a little change of pace but yeah i think it's a great rom-com 
I think it's solid. I, I laughed, I cried, and just, you know, loved how rich rich everyone was. Yeah, and there was great music. There was the um, that cover of the Coldplay song, Yellow, which I was yes. reading about IMDb, and I was like, oh, I guess... I, it didn't occur to me until I read that. Yeah. I was like, oh, I guess that would be kind of a like, ooh, but like also like a cool move to like, I don't know, reappropriate yep. that song and that like that, that word. Um, yes. and yeah, I just, I, ugh, this was great. This was a really, if I'm ever on an airplane and I run out of things to watch that I yeah. haven't seen before, I'd watch this again, you know? Yeah. And folks, if you haven't seen it and you're on an airplane, it's enjoy. And yeah. And even if you haven't seen it and you've listened to this whole episode and we've told you everything that happens, it doesn't, <laughs> yeah. it really doesn't matter. It doesn't yeah. Make I think there's yeah. so much more to, to, to get from it too. Yeah. 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 So, well, you know, we are, uh, we are being played off. Even poor urchins like us get played off. <laughs> How do you like that? How American. How American. We're being played off. You Americans yes. just love being played off. Um, <laughs> We do. We do love being played yeah. off. Um, but more importantly, where can folks find more of you? They can find me on my other podcast, The Good Vanilla, which is a Barefoot Contessa podcast. I'm covering the episode of her new series, Be My Guest, with Stanley Tucci Ooh. this week. It's a 40-minute episode. Usually they're like 23 minutes on Discovery+, Plus, but this one's long and so worth it. So if you're into that tune in and uh you can also follow me on instagram at nick chanov how about you well uh we are at this point we are finishing up season 15 of rupaul's drag race on all right mary but uh you know we'll still be putting out episodes every week until all stars 8 starts so you can continue to always find me on all right mary every week and you can find me on instagram at colin trucker underscore and you can find more of both of us in a best supporting capacity at bsa pod on instagram or you can send us an email at the bsa pod at gmail.com and keep your crazy rich peepers peeled because the best supporting after show is coming right around the corner and are we are we casting some girls trips on yes, this? Yes. Yeah. I'm ready. We're casting some ultimate actresses trips and uh, they will be flying first class, you know. Oh, yes, of yeah. course. Now come on now. Uh, so you don't want to miss that. <laughs> and you'd also get early access to episodes just like this all at patreon.com/bsapod. Get on over there, folks. Yeah. Yeah, cuz we're going to be over there. So you should yeah. get over there. And that, as they say, is that. I meant to be.